Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Uh, we're uh, c- continuing actually what has turned out to be a series. It's not even a series I really planned on. Um, kind of a vision casting series. And uh, I'll go ahead and call the series Stage 2. So there you go. Um, the past few weeks we've been talking about... Um, where we have come from as a church, where we are as a church, and where we believe the Lord is leading us. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, the Lord gave me a prophetic picture um, that I believe is kind of helped paint a picture for us um, of where, we, where we've been and how we can strategically um, continue to grow as a church and build as a church. Um, in summary, the prophetic picture that the Lord gave me was a picture of a, uh, a, a rocket launching into space. And there are different stages of a rocket. There's the, the pre-launch phase, launch phase, and then when it gets into the atmosphere, um, actually, actually, after it clears the atmosphere, there's the second stage of a launch, um, and then it goes into, it jettisons the first stage and goes into the, the second stage. And I've been talking about how I believe us as a church, we as a church, have um, completed the first stage of City Light Church, that launch phase, and now we're in a second stage as a church. So we've been talking about that, and, um, and we've been talking about how um, we believe that this is, um, this is a, a further refinement of who we are as a church, where we're going as a church, and uh, what God has for us. So here's the three points I made in this first message, and then I ended up preaching an entire message on each of these points. I'll do the third one today. But these are the, third, uh, the three points that I made. Number one, we have to win the war and continue to win the war in the spiritual realm. There is a, there's a spiritual realm, uh, the heavenly realms, and um, we talked about that. Then last week I did a message um, on how to build people. So part of the second stage of the church is we got to build people. We need to figure out what it is you're calling purpose and destiny in your life and continue to, to allow the Lord to build you. And we, how many know it's a win for all of us if you step into your destiny? If you step into what Jesus has for you, that's a win for me. That's a win for all of us because we all benefit from one another's giftings. And then the last one is love relentlessly. We're going to preach on that today. Uh, but let me, do, let me do a quick review just to bring you all up to speed if you've missed any of this. Um, we talked about that this first message, um, that we need to continue to win the war in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm. Um, there are spiritual principalities that do not want us to succeed at proclaiming the good news of Jesus to this world, okay? Um, they, are opposition, they are in opposition to us corporately, and they're in opposition to us individually, okay? Um, um, they are in opposition to you stepping into your God-given destiny. Um, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but for a rocket to um, stay in orbit, it has to get above the resistance of the atmosphere. And I talked about how I believe there was a season when we were fighting against and pushing up against those, that spiritual resistance. And there comes a point where a rocket gets above that resistance of the atmosphere, and then it continues to, to just gain more and more momentum. And I talked about how for Emily and I, that was 2019. 2019 was a difficult year for us. There was many difficult things that we were facing but I believe um, we began to win the war in the spiritual realm, and uh, as a church, we've got a, we got ahead of that stuff. So, but here's the deal: um, there in the demonic spiritual realm, there's um, in the spiritual realm, the, the demonic principalities are trying to impede the church's mission to light up the world with the love of Jesus, and 
the demonic spiritual realm is trying to impede you from stepping into your God-given um, destiny and being conformed to the image of Jesus. <clears throat> Ephesians six ten through 12, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power in his mighty power. <clears throat> Put on the full arm of God that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. Okay, uh, the enemy of your soul, Satan, he has schemes. Now listen, Satan is, not, Satan is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at once like God. Satan is not like the opposite of God. He's not like anti-God, okay? God is way up here, and Satan is actually a created being. But there is a hierarchy of, um, in, in the, uh, the demonic realm, there's a hierarchy of, of structure. So Satan is the leader, and then there are principalities below him, and, and demons below that. Well, listen, um, anyone who is in military will, under, will uh, understand that you have to study your enemy. Okay? We as Christians, we need to understand the, the enemy's schemes. And in the same way, the, the spiritual um, forces, they actually study you to know what, how to scheme you, how to con you, right? What do, what do con men do if they want to steal money from you? They got to like, get some information from you. They got to figure some things out. Listen, the enemy of your soul studies you. He finds out what your triggers are. He finds out what your hangups are. And then at just the right moment, boom, Gets, comes after you. So we need to know that there is a schemer and he's coming after us, okay? He wants, he wants to upset God's destiny for you physically, emotionally, spiritually, and we have to be on the lookout for these things and stand on our guard. I'm not a proponent of being like devil-focused all the time. I want to be more God-focused and Jesus-focused, but we would be amiss to, to not acknowledge that there is, a, there is a spiritual battle that we're all in. Okay, that we are in as a church, we are in, in this world. Satan hates the plan, purpose, and destiny of every human being on the face of the earth. We would be amiss to not recognize that there is a spiritual battle. All right, verse 12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in heavenly realms. Okay? We want to continue to win the war in the spiritual realm. Um, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but... Um, we knew starting a church there would be spiritual resistance. And uh, this, for that reason, we, we have an intercessory prayer ministry here. And Hannah Hartman is the, the leader of that. Um, yeah, come on. Give, you know, Hannah's amazing. <clears throat> I don't even know if she's here. She's, she's in the nursery. She's, she's serving, okay? She's not even in the room because she's serving. But... Um, <sighs> She's our intercessory prayer pastor, and we have our intercessory prayer team, and we are so thankful that we have those people. And by the way, if you want to find out more about intercessory prayer, I think that is something we should all be involved in, even if you can't come to the, to the weekly meetings or whatever. Be involved in intercessory prayer. I, I, I want to recruit prayer for me. Listen, pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor's family. Pray for our pastoral staff. Like, Satan doesn't want us to succeed in the mission that we have to light up the world with the love of Jesus. And he doesn't want you to succeed at um, being conformed to the image of Jesus and to fulfilling your destiny. So there is a spiritual battle. Your enemy studies you. He knows, he knows your triggers. So be on the lookout. Okay. Um, so what does a... That was uh, sermon number one. You have to continue to win the war in the spiritual realm. The second sermon, we talked about building people. Okay. A significant part of this stage of our church is we have to build people. And we talked about... Um, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit and those kind of things that build one another up in the faith. Um, the prophetic word that we received, and I played this last week, was that if we would focus on building the living stones, that's people, God would focus on building the physical stones. 
Okay, in other words, if we made our focus building people, making disciples, that God would worry about when, where, and how we would build our own building. Okay, for those of you who don't know, this building does not belong to City Lights Church. We rent from the Adventure Church. Okay, they meet on Saturdays, and we want our own building, right? So, but the concern of when, where, how, and do we build, do we renovate, do we, you know, buy land, do we, whatever, all that, God will worry about if we worry about building one another and building disciples. Amen? So we talked about that last week. This week, I want to talk about loving relentlessly, okay? This is um, a major part of the second stage as a church. We have to learn to love relentlessly. And I'll say learn. We have to learn to love relentlessly. Um, it's not intuitive to the human nature to love relentlessly. Like, it is intuitive to us to um, love people who love us, right? In fact, most people, it's like, we love them because they love us, or we love them because, you know, um, and, and really, I guess that's kind of the definition of codependency. It's like, I'll love you if you love me, but don't you leave me, because then I'll, you know, watch out, right? Um, loving relentlessly, God's kind of love is different than that. We have to learn to love relentlessly. It is not intuitive to humans to be that, that kind of love, that sacrificial love. Okay, this is God's kind of love. Um, in the Greek, in the, in the, in the Bible, there are, there are four Greek words um, for love in the Bible. And we kind of have one, one word for love. It's like, I love pizza. I love hiking. I love my wife. I love my mom. Like... I love God. Like, we say the word love for all of those, okay? And, of course, those don't all mean the same thing. Obviously, there are different levels of love there that I just mentioned. And in the Bible, thank God, the the Greek language is, um, I think God chose the Greek language for the New Testament to be written in because it's a very articulate, detailed language. God needed that language to articulate the message, um, his message. And so the Greek uh, language was what was available. There are four Greek words um, used in the Bible for, for love, and here they are. The first one is storge. Everyone say storge. Okay, this is family bond. Okay, there's a family love. The second is phileo. Everyone say phileo. Um, not phileo fish. Phileo, okay. I do like phileo fish, though. There are not many good things I like at McDonald's, but the phileo fish is pretty darn good. It's so good, isn't it? Okay. Not the McRib. That stuff is junk. I'm sorry, where's Justin? Is Justin Davenport in the room? He loves the McRib, and I was like, okay, I got to try the McRib when it was back. It's terrible. It's terrible. McRib is no good. The filet of fish, that I love. Filet-o. The filet fish. Okay. Um, the third one is uh, eros. Everyone say eros. Okay, this is romantic kind of love. Okay, that's a good one right there. Rap, baby. <laughs> All right. Don't forget it. Um, and the last one is agape love. Actually, this word was an invented word to help articulate what this love looks like, this God kind of love, because God's love is unconditional and it's sacrificial. It's transcendent. That's the God kind of love. It goes beyond these other types of love, okay? This is the type of love that God has for you, which Leslie was talking about a minute ago. This is the type of good love that God has for you. God is in love Listen, God is in love with you. God is in love with humanity. The story of the Bible is God's, God's story of his love affair with the, with the human race. God loves the human race. God loves humanity. Okay, that's the story of the Bible. 
But it's not just any old love. It's agape, unconditional, sacrificial kind of love. The Bible says, John 3.16, most popular verse probably in the whole Bible, for God so loved, he so loved that he, what? He gave, which tells us something about love. God's kind of love gives. God's kind of love doesn't just take. Listen, what did we do before God, before before we even know, knew him. In fact, in, in the book of Romans, it says why, why we were still enemies. Christ died for us, right? Christ brought us near. While we're enemies, who, who does that for their enemy, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God loves humanity. He loves humans, okay? The world has an idea of what love is supposed to look like. The world has a version of love, and most of them are bad, most of those ideas are bad. The world has a lot of bad ideas of what love is supposed to look like. Um, in America, a lot of that started, I'd say, back in the 1960s. There was the sexual revolution back in the 1960s, and there was a mantra, which was free love. Free love, which is just a, a cover for, like, have many sexual partners, right? Free love. Let's just, it's a free-for-all, right? Free love. Listen, it, it actually is not free love. It's free lust, okay? And so, because listen, love doesn't just take. Just having multiple partners, it's, that's selfish, that's taking, that's not loving the other person, that's not giving, okay? The 60s was a decade of ideas, most of which were bad, okay? There was a couple good ones in the 60s, a couple good ideas. The 60s was a decade of ideas, most of which were bad. But here's the deal. Love is not a feeling, it, it can involve feelings, it can involve emotions, but love is not a feeling. In fact, love is many times what we do in spite of what we feel. Love is what we do in spite of what we feel many times. Okay? Love is not an emotion, love is not a feeling. Thank God when it involves emotions and feelings, right? But listen, um, this is why when, when, when you get in a fight with your spouse, what do, you, what do you feel like doing when you get in a fight? I feel like leaving. I feel like leaving. I feel like whatever, if you like looking at pictures on the internet, right, of other women, or I feel like uh, going and taking the credit card and running up a bunch of money, like, that's what you feel like doing. You, you have resistance to that thing. You're constrained by love, right? You don't, you don't do that because that wouldn't be a good result. Love looks like constraint many times. That's not what you, it's not what you feel many times, okay? It's what you do in spite of what you feel, amen? Okay, so here's the point. We don't get our definition of love from the world, okay? In fact, we have an entire book of what shows what actual love looks like. We, have, we get our definition of love from this book. We get our definition of love from what it says. And we have one person who personifies that love for us, who shows us exactly what that love is supposed to look like, okay? Do you want to know what love looks like? Look no further than the person of Jesus Christ, that's what love looks like. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus is the logos, which is, which is the word, the expression, the, the, the message of God, right? Jesus is the exact representation of his being. If you want to know what God is like, look at the person of Jesus. And he was expressing himself in the person of Jesus. And that, looks, and that is love. That is a picture of love, that sacrificial love. Love isn't something that God does. Love is something he is. The Bible says that God is love. Love is who he is. That's the essence of his being. <clears throat> so we don't get our definition of love from the world. We get our definition of love from, from what God says um, about Jesus. Jesus is our picture. Okay, so as a church, 
Um, what is our goal? When people think of City Lights Church, I want them to think that City Lights Church is a church that doesn't just talk about love, but is a church that actually displays love. What is City Lights Church? Well, I want people to think of it. This is a church that displays love. I want this, I want this to be a defining thing for us as a church. Um, many churches are defined by like what they're against, right? I don't want to be defined by what we're against. Now listen, um, yeah, many of their reputations are defined by what they're against. And in fact, they preach entire sermons and sermon series just based upon culture's latest bad idea. Okay, culture has a lot of bad ideas. And I don't think it's wrong to take something in the culture that's a bad idea and say, hey, here's what the Bible says, and pastor people and teach them through that. Okay, but I don't want to live in constant reaction to culture's latest bad idea. Okay, if I did that, I would only preach against bad ideas up here. Okay, and then everything that I preach would be a reaction to what the world is doing. Okay, I don't want to just react to culture's latest bad idea. How many know there will never be a shortage of bad ideas that the world is coming up with? They come up with bad ideas every single week. And I could go on tangents, and I won't do that for the sake of time and, and energy and, and all that stuff. So, uh, But listen, Romans 1.30, it talks about the fact that mankind and, and their fallen nature actually invents ways of doing evil. Actually invents ways of doing evil. And here's the deal. Mankind was created in God's image. God is a creative God. We're created in his image. Therefore, what? We're creative. I wouldn't say, I don't think every person is artistic, but I think every person is creative. Every person at their core is created to create, to be creative. But <laughs> just like everything else in our lives, when, when, as, as sinful people who aren't redeemed to the Lord, mankind and their fallen nature and their creative nature will take that creative nature and create ways to do evil. Okay? A good example of this would be uh, during the World War II, you had Germany, who was, the whole culture got seduced into hating Jews, and you had brilliant minds who invented ways of mass murder, of exterminating a whole people group, okay? They were inventing ways of evil, okay? And we see this every day. Every day here in America, we see culture's latest bad idea. They invent ways of doing evil. So there will never be a shortage of bad ideas, but we don't want to live in constant reaction to those bad ideas. I don't want to miss an opportunity to preach on, on some of those things, and we will address some of those things from time to time. Here's the church. In fact, in the, in the fall, we've got some series coming up, and I'm going to, I want to do a series on sexuality. I want to do a series on substance abuse and alcohol and those different kind of things. Um, so don't worry. We're going to make a, we will make a stand for truth, but I don't want to be in constant reaction to the culture's latest bad idea. I want to live on the offensive and part of that is displaying God's love. I don't want to just be defined for all the things I'm against. Here's the list of things I'm against. And that's what people's view of churches many times. Is they come to church, okay, where's the list of rules? Show me all the rules. Well, I want them to see love before they see rules. And those rules, I don't want to just be written down on, you know, on paper. I want them to be written on their hearts. And that happens through relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay, so... <clears throat> um, I, last week I prayed... Uh, played a prophetic word from City Lights Nights from the first night, and um, just talking about 
um, the kind of people and, and, and well, we're, we're here to love everyone. So the good, the bad, and the ugly, amen? And um, I played that last week, but this week I want to play a word from the Friday night session of the City Lights Nights Conference, and this one was from Bob Hazlett. And I believe that this helps paint a picture for us of where we're going as a church and what God wants for us as a church. How many know that in your own life, we're constantly like, what is the will of God? Where should, where should I live? Where should I work? What should I, you know what I mean? We're all doing this. Listen, as a church, you do this. And if you have, those of you who have businesses, you're trying to find the will of God for your business, amen? You're trying to find the will of God for your children. Well, as a church, we're doing this as well. And, and one of the things we pay attention to is when someone says, I feel like the Lord has a word for you, and they speak something out. We don't take everything hook, line, and sinker, of course. We weigh it with the word of God, and we pray about it. But I want to play this um, video of Bob Hazlett. Um, he's prophesying over me and Emily, but it, there wasn't really any words during that conference that were just for me. It was me and the church, you know what I mean? So you'll get the point. Go ahead and play that video. In Jesus' name, and Kurt, and what's your wife's name? Emily. Emily. I felt like the Lord um, was saying that there were some things that you put on the altar for him. And in the same way that, that Abraham took his son Isaac and placed him on the altar, that there was a moment where there were dreams that you gave to the Lord, that the Lord gave them right back to you. And they, they're coming back to harvest in this season. But I feel like the Lord is saying that, um, that Jesus went through a season of time when he was tired from the journey and he was hungry and he was thirsty and he sat down in a place called Samaria where no one wanted to be but it was in that place where no one wanted to be that was the, where the harvest came it was in that place where he was tired that was where the harvest came it was that place where he was thirsty where the harvest came that place where he was hungry where the harvest came and I hear the Lord say that there may have been another place where you thought that you would take your ministry but I feel like the Lord said this is your Samaria. This is your Samaria. And I'm giving you the women at the well. I'm giving you the ones that no one wanted because I'm going to, out of an unlikely place, raise up city changers. Out of an unlikely moment, raise up city shakers. Out of an unlikely city, I'm going to raise up world changers. In the same way that Jesus, in a tired moment of ministry, in a hungry moment of ministry, in a weary moment of ministry, said, lift up your eyes the fields are ripe unto harvest. I hear the Lord say, lift up their eyes. The fields are ripe unto harvest. The fields are ripe unto harvest. And, and, and I feel like the Lord said, because you've gone after excellence and not perfection, I will always re release a spirit of excellence out of this place. And in fact, I feel like that's something that's going to have an impact on this city for people might say Samaria, what could, could come from there? Nazareth, what could, could come from there? Greeley, what could, could, could come from there? And I hear the Lord say the spirit of excellence that's on this house is even going to impact this city the spirit of excellence on this house and i saw you not just raise up evangelists that would go out in power but i saw you people that would love their city by cleaning up graffiti by cleaning up trash on the streets by by loving on the homeless and by by bringing the compassion ministries into the streets so god i thank you the spirit of excellence that's on this couple and the spirit of excellence on this house is going to put a spirit of excellence on this city and father this is the place that you wanted them to stop and sit by a well this
this is the place where you wanted to refresh them. And so, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you want to give them the city. I thank you that you want to give them the field. I thank you that you want to give them the women at the well. I thank you, God, that we don't say three more months until and then the harvest, but we say lift up your eyes for the harvest is now. Everybody say it. Harvest is now. Ready? Say it again. Harvest is now. Again, harvest is now. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, good stuff there. Come on. How many know who Heidi Baker is? Ever heard of Heidi Baker? She has this saying that she says, love looks like something. Love looks like something. It looks like doing something. It, put, it looks like putting your hands to something, okay? Uh, we don't want to just talk about love. We want to display powerful love. Um, I want to give you just a couple of examples, uh, current examples of things that we're doing. As, we're always doing some kind of outreach as a church. Um, we're always doing something. But I want to give you a couple current examples of some things we're doing right now um, as a church. And I don't do this to, to toot our horn or anything like that. I do this to provoke us. To, to love and, good, and to good deeds. Hebrews 10.23 says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, So um, we, we, don't want our, we don't want to do our love and good deeds in a way that's like, look at me. Look at, look at, oh, hashtag, we did an outreach, right? I actually hate it when, when churches do outreaches and they always have to put a hashtag and brag about it to the community. Like, some of the things I want to do, I don't want anyone to know about. I just want Jesus to know about it. And uh, sometimes he'll speak something to me and I'll say it and then God's like, I thought that was just between us, okay? But even, even the, the things we do, the, the acts of kindness and the acts of love we do, many times God just wants it to be between you and him. Just let's, let's keep that between me and him. We don't always have to do the hashtag, amen? But we do want to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I, I didn't have time for this, but I, I forgot to do it. But I thought about wearing spurs up here. Spur. <laughs> Just without explanation, come up here with spurs on. People are like, why does he have spurs? Until I get to this scripture. So <laughs> my goal today is to spur you on to love and good deeds today, Okay. Let me give you a couple examples of just some things we're doing, um, current events that we're doing. Um, today, everyone say today. Um, we have a, a foster care respite event that's happening here. And uh, yeah. And we have a lot of people who've worked very hard to make this happen. Thank you to everyone who's made this happen. My, my wife and I, um, we moved this week. We actually moved into a storage unit yesterday. So we're actually homeless at the time, for the time being. So when he's talking about homeless ministry, that's us right now, okay? <laughs> and we're not moving into our new house for a few more weeks. But, um, so we're staying with family. Thanks, Thanks Brad. Uh, Emily's dad and my parents and different things. But anyway... Why am I talking about that? Okay, let's come back. Rest for the event. Oh, thank you to everyone who has actually made this event happen because I had little to do with it is what I'm saying. So lots of other people, which is amazing as a church that we've gotten to the place where we have other people who are doing things. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
uh, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be ministering to, to kids and doing kids' games and stuff like that, giving um, foster parents um, a few hours to have some respite care to go out and get refreshed and relax and that kind of stuff. Um, here's the deal. I'm not doing this to solicit more help right now because the fact is if you haven't signed up and you haven't gone for our training, we don't want you here, okay? Uh, um, you actually can't be here if you haven't gone through our training. I am doing this, though, however, to solicit some prayer, okay? So this, this afternoon, if you would be thinking uh, about us, uh, pray for this. There's three things, uh, three prayer focuses I want you to all have. So um, just take five minutes and pray for these at some point today. Uh, number one, pray for a well-organized, fun, safe event, amen? Um, just all those logistics and all those things go well. Number two, pray for the kids involved to experience God's love and to have fun, okay? Um, Pray that their, their, you know, their hearts would be open to experience and be receptive to God's love, that we would make a connection with them, and those kind of things would happen. Um, remember I said that, that, that there's an enemy of your soul doesn't want you stepping into God's destiny for you. He doesn't want you being conformed to the image of Jesus. He also doesn't want you knowing how much God loves you, because that's a catalyst to stepping into the fulfillment of God's destiny for your life. Well, listen, we want these kids to know that God loves them, experience God's love. The last thing is pray for the foster parents to be refreshed and to be encouraged. If you would do that today, that would be amazing. I believe this um, is ministering to foster families like this, is ministering to something that's very close to the heart of of the Father. So that's happening today. Um, Please pray for us. We're really excited about it. Um, So that's one example of just um, making, trying trying to love our city, trying to love um, something that is close to the heart of God. Okay, the second example I want to give you is um, uh, Becky Blanchard, is uh, part of Wings International Ministry in Southeast Asia. And Becca is here, and she's part of that ministry. (laughs) Becca Giles, who's leading worship up here, she's part of that ministry. She's a missionary in Southeast Asia. Are you in Bali? Is that where you're at? Is that where you're um, located? She's in Bali, um, Indonesia. But um, a a couple weeks ago, um, Becky Blanchard contacts um, Melinda and says, there's a civil war happening in Myanmar right now. So a bloody civil war, and um, they've, their, their outreaches there have experienced um, an influx of orphaned kids because their parents are, are being killed in this civil war. And they've had a hundred additional 100 kids come um, and that uh, they've had to take in, orphaned kids that they've had to take in. And she asked us, she said, will you guys give, uh, can you give $2,000 to cover one month for these 100 kids? So it's $20 per kid per month. And I thought, well, what good is a month, you know, because after a month, they're going to have to go somewhere else. The deal is if they don't take these kids in, they're going to have to, the only other place for them to go is the Buddhist temples. And so they'll become Buddhists and Buddhist monks and that kind of stuff. So if, if they don't take these kids in, they lose that opportunity. So she asked, can we cover one month? And I thought, well, what happens after a month? So we, we decided to cover two for now, and we'll, we'll, we'll check back with her. So we, we gave her $4,000 to feed these kids for... Um, for two months, and um, but they're tra- they're reaching these kids that are currently orphaned because of this um, um, bloody civil war. So she has a Becky Blanchard. We asked her to just shoot a quick video and show so we could show that to you. So go ahead and roll that video for us. Hey, City Lights Church. This is Becky Blanchard, the founder of Wings International here in Asia. I'm currently at our Bali, Indonesia base. And for those of you who don't know much about Wings, our primary focus is reaching underprivileged children in poor communities here in Asia. And one of the countries we work in is Myanmar, and they are currently in the middle of a a civil war. 
And not only are they having to deal with COVID in a third world country with food shortages, since last November, the military took over the government and there have been bombings and gunfire daily. As a result, hundreds have lost their lives and many children have become orphaned. Our two kids' homes are in the main war state of Myanmar, and our directors haven't wanted to turn these kids away. So as a result, we have 100 new children with a greater need for food provision and housing renovations. The only alternative for children in Myanmar is to be taken to Buddhist monasteries if no kids' home will take them in. So you guys have been a part of being a tangible gift of God's love and hope for these kids. We want to thank you for your generosity and ask you to continue to pray with us every month. You can sign up for our prayer letter at wings-international.org. Thanks again and God bless. Come on, it's good stuff right there. And uh, you guys didn't even know you were part of that till today. But the reason we were able to do that is because of your generous giving, your generous tithes to this church. And we, I just want to say thank you. Um, we budget, as a church, we budget 10% of what comes in. Uh, we budget to go into missions, so local, national, and international missions. Um, but we don't budget 100% of that money to go out every month. We like to keep a little bit in like a discretionary account. So when things like this come up and there's needs for missionaries, like, hey, we really need, we need this need right now, we have that money available to make those kind of decisions. So, but we're able to do that because of your generosity. I just want to say thank you um, for your giving. Every time you fill out a check or give, um, that is an act of love, and people like that are benefiting from it. And uh, thank you for, for being over there and ministering in Southeast Asia. It's so amazing. We love you. <clears throat> Uh, Becca used to be our worship leader when we were college pastors, and she's amazing. So um, <clears throat> there's, there's um, worship leaders that are talented musically, and that's good. And then there's worship leaders that are not only talented um, musically, but they're also anointed, and that's Becca. So we loved having her as our worship leader for many years. Um, okay, so I'll conclude with this. Our ultimate goal as a church is not just to do... Um, the best outreaches, and use the hashtag and show everyone that we're the best church because we do all these outreaches. That's actually not our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is that you would be the outreach, that you would love your city, that you would be the love of Jesus. Second Corinthians 3, 2 through 3, it says this. Paul says this to the Corinthian church. You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Okay? Uh, if someone asks the question, what, what is City Lights Church like? Yes, they can go to our website, and they can see our beautifully crafted, our core values, our mission statement, and all that kind of stuff, and people do that. But I would rather them come to church or see you guys out in the street and be like, oh, those people go to Sea Lights Church, and you are our living epistle. You're living it out. We're not just writing this stuff down. It's actually happening in your lives. What is the church like? It's like the way you guys are living your lives. Um, Mike Bickle gives this, gives this quote. The, the quote is, he, doesn't, he never wants his reputation to exceed his reality. He never wants his reputation to exceed his reality. I want our reputation as a church to exceed um, our, I'm sorry, I want our reality to exceed our reputation. That the acts of love we do in secret, the acts of love we do behind doors, um, exceed our reputation as a church. 
Um, and I was telling this to Emily this week, but my, there are two things that bless me as a pastor. When, when someone comes to church and they just say, I just, I love your church because I felt God there. I felt the spirit of God there. God, I felt God's presence. Like that is a huge testimony to me and it always encourages me. The other thing that I want to, that encourages me is if someone says, hey, your church did this or here's the deal. If I'm out, I want to catch you guys doing acts of, acts of love, acts of service. If I could like just be, you know, in the corner and, and peek around the corner and I catch people who were part of my church praying for people out in the streets, giving to the homeless, doing amazing things like that. That would bless me so much. And so I just want our reputation or I want our reality to exceed our reputation. And I want to be a church that not only just talks about love, but displays the love of God. I want to be a church that loves relentlessly, not known by just what we're against, but, but known what we are for. And we're for people because God loves people. Amen. Okay. So um, I'm going to pray for y'all and then we're going to dismiss because we got some things to do today. We got an outreach to do and, uh, and y'all are going to pray for us. And you're going to do your own outreach. Okay. So why don't you guys stand to your feet? Father, you are amazing. You are, you are love. God is love. And we just thank you, God, that you don't just love casually. You don't love when it just benefits you, God. You love profusely, God. You love relentlessly. You displayed that by sending your one and only son to this world to die for us. And God, and you can continually display that by being the kind of God you are, Lord. And I just pray, God, for the hearts of believers here, Lord, that we would, this would just sink into our hearts, Lord, that we have one life to live. We have one life to live, Lord. And we have we have the love that you've given us to give to this world, Lord. And I just pray we wouldn't keep it here in this church. We would go out and shine the love of Jesus everywhere we go. And so, God, we thank you for, for every heart here, Lord. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would, just for those divine um, appointments, that every person here would wake up every morning and just ask you, Lord, and look for those divine moments, those divine opportunities to talk to someone, to minister to someone, to love on someone, Lord. And I just thank you. They are competent ministers of the gospel. I just say that over everyone here. You are competent ministers of the gospel. You may not know how to do a perfect altar call, but you know you have a testimony. You have something that Jesus has brought you through. Share that story. That is the the we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So everyone here, you are a competent minister because you have a testimony. You have something that God's done for you. Share that. And so Lord, I just bless these people with the spirit of God, Lord, that we would all walk in this, Lord. We would catch one another uh, walking in this, Lord God. And we just thank you, Jesus, um, that what, what we do in secret, Lord, you see, Lord, and that you're with us, Lord God. We love you. We bless you. We thank you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.